0: soul binge podcast interview number two the second interview on the program we have my friend my mentor a leader in my life pastor michael scoby pastor of vibrant church um we had an awesome conversation a couple weeks ago. We recorded the thing. We did it specifically for you listeners. We talked about purpose. We talked about uh, goals in life. We talked about the way that you can kind of get through some of these trials that this nation is facing right now. We talked about him and his personal life a little bit as far as what he enjoys doing. We learned about his wife. We learned about him and his kids. We learned about the church that he's pastoring. We just had an excellent, epic conversation Um We go, I want to say, way back because it feels like it's been way back. It's really only been uh, like maybe three, four years, something like that, maybe. But um, ultimately, the relationship that Pastor Michael and I, once we were able to begin it, it feels like it's been our whole lifetime, or at least for myself. And it was super, super, super awesome having him on the program. Every single thing that he says on this little interview conversation, it's going to bless you. Every single thing that he says is going to uplift you and encourage you. I challenge you to kind of, if anything, maybe dissect everything that he is talking about. Even if you feel like it doesn't apply to you, there's an area in your life that it's going to make sense in or at least a season in your life to come where you'll be able to gain something positive and apply it. So without any more commercials... We're going to have the intro song right now. We're going to have the interview with Pastor Michael Scobie right after that. When you are done listening to this episode, please go and follow Vibrant Church on all the social media platforms. At the end of the interview, he's going to tell you how you can find them. Go support them. Go support their church, what they're doing over there in the North Houston area. And yeah, have a good time. Have a good time listening in on this conversation with my friend, Pastor Michael Scobie. Podcast. Here we are yet again with another episode, another interview for you as well. This is our second interview ever, and I'm super, super excited for this guest that we have here with us today. We have my friend, Pastor Michael Scobie of Vibrant Church. Um, I can't tell you guys enough about this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guy. I mean, he's been a blessing for... Ashland and myself, both in a function of leadership with our own youth group, also as friends for our personal growth and development. He's been someone that I've been able to lean on uh, since pretty much since we've known each other, uh, I would say. And I invited him onto the show and he didn't hesitate one bit. He said he'd come on and grace us with his presence a little bit. So, yeah, Pastor Michael, if you want to say hello to everyone that's listening in, I think this would be a good time as any.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, excited about uh, doing anything that I can to help any of the listeners, and and uh, thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. And that's, of course, what the show is all about. We've got people listening from all walks of life, Christian, non-Christian, um, every part of the of the country. Of course, it's available to everyone. I'm not going to try and pretend like we just have thousands of listeners just yet, but uh, we have a dream, of course, to maybe get somewhere around there. But obviously, anyone that would be listening is um, somewhat on a, a journey, I guess, to find out what it is that their soul needs to make it survive and thrive. That's kind of the whole core theme of this, of this show. And yeah, it's basically just another resource to help people get there. Uh, before we get into all of the wonderful wisdom that my friend Pastor Michael has for for everybody. Um, Why don't you go ahead and just kind of tell the people who you are, a little bit of your background, a little bit of your story.
1: Yeah, so uh, as Jared was saying, um, my wife Carmen and I, we are the lead pastors of Vibrant Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're in North Houston area. Uh, I'm originally from Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana, so uh, North Louisiana, so I'm a fake Cajun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grew up there. I graduated high school, actually had a full-ride scholarship to LSU for music, and I felt like God was calling me into ministry. And so I actually turned down that scholarship. I went into Bible college, and I've been in full-time ministry since I was 18 years old. And uh, so now I'm definitely way—I'm close to double that now. So (laughs) uh, (laughs) we, my wife and I, we were serving at a church. Uh, and we really felt like we were called to plant a life-giving church. And so we started looking at locations, and the Woodlands Spring area really jumped out to us, and we really prayed about it, felt like God was leading us here. Uh, We moved here about two years ago, started building a team, and uh, launched the church uh, this past September. And God is doing great things through it. And obviously, uh, we had a hurricane that came the week after we launched, and right. a, a pandemic in our first year. So between a hurricane and a pandemic, if we make it through those two things, I think we're going to make it through just about anything. So uh, God's going to it to us. We've got a strong team, and I'm very thankful for it.
0: That's fantastic. That's that's very encouraging to hear. You know, obviously, whenever anyone is trying to do anything of a great magnitude like that whether it's starting planting a church or maybe even if it's a business or whatever um, the unknown factor is definitely huge there as far as what could be and so to hear that so much has come already within the first year sort of what would look like against you guys that hasn't changed your passion one bit I know like for Ashlyn and myself we said as soon as we found out the launch day for Vibrant, we were like, "We're not gonna miss it." We 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 told our pastors here in San Antonio, we were like, "Hey, we're we're going," and they said, "Yeah, you should go." And so we went, and we were there for uh for day one. But anyway, big day. Uh, that actually kind of leads us perfectly into our first, I guess, real interview uh, question here. Um, as y'all would remember from listening to. The last interview that I did with my dad, obviously the conversation there was very fluid and open, and that's how we want to keep it for today and just sort of add whatever we can for people that are searching and seeking after certain things. And because Michael is a pastor, and as you said, you know, dealing with the issues of the pandemic and whatnot, I wanted to specifically ask you sort of what it's like pastoring really a young church church. like you said, within your first year, all these things have come up. What's it like pastoring a young church during what would be a global pandemic? And if you could point out some positives and negatives, I think that would be really helpful for the people listening in.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of layers to that question. So this is, sure. this is definitely be a big one. I, I think really for us in this season, uh, you've got to double check your motives, right? And uh, make sure that you're truly accomplishing whatever the vision is. If not, You kind of get just taken down by the undertow of what's going on culturally. Um, So you've got to make sure to clarify your vision uh, constantly, especially for your team and the people that you're working with. For us personally, we've had we're just trying really everything that we're doing is about clarifying our vision and what our win is right now. And so it's uh, for us. I feel right now, I feel like this pandemic has actually been kind of a healthy season for us. Uh, because it makes us reevaluate all of our priorities as a church. Okay, so um, traditions become less important during a pandemic. Okay, right, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, that are traditions and 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 uh, things that are optional. Really, they they become less important at, at, in a pandemic, right? And so for us, our mission doesn't change, but the the model is always changing. Okay, uh, we tell our team, hey, this is the plan this week. And uh, that might change next Monday because we're going to constantly tweak and tinker to get it just right, which I love uh, because I'm, a, I'm somebody that enjoys change and I enjoy that kind of stuff. Now, my wife is a planner and so she's one of those that like puts everything out on a spreadsheet and if you touch her spreadsheet, she will cut you. And so um, <laughs> she doesn't enjoy that as much, but we're just trying to stay nimble um, because we're not called to a model, we're called, called to a mission, right? And so we've got to make sure that our vision um, creates a system to that creates the wind, right? If not, uh, we're just kind of spinning. You know, um, I, I don't know. It, uh, you may have some pastors that listen in uh, to this or even people in ministry. I'll just tell you what it's kind of felt like for us some days is that uh, there are many days that you're on top of the mountain and, and you feel like, okay, you're winning, you're doing things uh, correctly, things are working, and, and, and it's going. But I'll tell you, be honest, some days the win is uh, very difficult to uh, to identify and even harder to attain. Uh, sure. I joked around with some of my pastor friends that uh, some days, uh, pastoring a church during a pandemic, uh, trying to figure out what the win is and accomplish that win, it feels like peeing in the wind and trying not to get wet. And so... <laughs> Uh, Really, that's what it feels like some days. But I'll tell you, uh, that's the negative side of things. But the positive side of things for us is that it's been a really good season. What we do is we focus very heavily on groups. Uh, Life groups are the lifeblood of our church. And so, uh, and they were that before the pandemic. Okay. So it wasn't a big change for our teams and for our groups. You know, for us, they just changed their groups from a, a yoga group to, you know, that, that same yoga group pops on zoom. And instead of doing yoga, they connect and they talk about issues and mommy stuff and all this kind of stuff, you know, our workout group, we just got, we get on and talk about sports and dude stuff and, you know, just, you know, and, and it really, um, it, it creates this healthy community, uh, for everybody. Right. And so, uh, we focus on groups through zoom right now. We're just trying to help people, Uh, step into their purpose, and and the way that they do that currently is serving on any of our teams. Now, our teams look completely different than they did two months ago because there's obviously not a kids team currently that they could serve on, or there's not a greeting uh, that is on campus. But what we've done is kind of changed everybody's role and put them into three different uh, categories. Uh, You're either in worship, you're in ministry, or you're in prayer, okay? Everybody is in one of those three categories. That's awesome. Our worship team, obviously, they film our uh, worship that goes on on Sundays, um, and our tech is involved with that. And then our ministry teams are our greeters that actually greet during our online services. And so uh, that, that's what they do. And then our prayer teams are there to pray with people over Zoom after our services on Sunday. So uh, if you attend one of Vibrant Church's online services, you'll see them comment with a Zoom link if you want prayer. Uh, you can join in there. So that's been the positive part of that, to see new people jump on the team, uh, get involved. And I think it's going to create even more momentum when we re-enter the building, which is coming in just a few weeks.
0: That's fantastic. I think that the uh, one big, big thing that you mentioned there at the beginning was that you've got to make sure that you're checking your motives and then you kind of so easily transitioned the idea of motives, obviously, into vision. One big thing about uh, Soul Binge podcast, and it's one of the one of the big messages that I like to stick to is the idea of a positive perspective, sort of, no matter what. And even the way that you're communicating that is so important to know. Like, obviously, when you go and you're talking to somebody about motives the uh, connotation there is that you're probably being a little negative. But if you say vision instead of motives, then you're talking about the same thing, but it's a little bit more positive even. And that's yep. one thing that I wanted to point out about you as a leader, that um, having the right type of communication is huge whenever you're leading other people through something like this. Mm-hmm. And people definitely you know, feed off of that sort of ultimate positivity that's there too. And I think that's one big reason why you can take a whole church like you said, who's been, um, you know, focused so much on the groups anyway, and you've been able to, I guess, battle this whole pandemic situation and not have to feel like you're suffering from it, even though it's hard. I'm sure. It, I'm sure it's definitely hard as a pastor, but um, you said that y'all are going to be coming back in a couple of weeks, though, hopefully, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. You, for us, it's all about helping people change their perspective from seeing what is to what if. What if? Right we operate in faith, right? So rather than seeing what is, you see what if, you know? And so that's right. uh, a big challenge for us, but we enjoy it.
0: Right, 100%. Can you tell me, um, this is going to be a funny transition, but I'll, I'll explain why I wanted to do uh, this question right after that. Uh, for you personally, Michael Scobie, what is it that you enjoy doing in your free time? Whenever you don't have anything else going on, what, what's, what's your go-to thing or what are some things that you enjoy doing in what would be considered free time?
1: Yes, yeah, so I really I'm an, I enjoy getting outdoors. I, I enjoy working out, going to the gym, um, which you know for me, <laughs> going to the gym is not possible right now. So uh, what I do is I still get together with people and work out. Um, do it outside and uh, so I enjoy doing that. I enjoy playing basketball. I enjoy playing golf um, That's that's my thing. Uh, the other side of it is when I'm not doing those. I'm obviously spending time with my kids uh, We love to be outside eating on our back patio and uh, Just hanging out man hanging out with the kids and and uh, if the kids are in bed I enjoy a game, you know, I enjoy playing Xbox a little bit. So that's all my things kind of wrapped up into one um, I, I do enjoy reading uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of all the things that I do.
0: That's awesome. That's very cool. I'm definitely a sports kind of guy. I remember when we went to uh, camp with with y'all a few years back, uh, I, I realized that though I was never much of the um, athletic type uh I, I guess i'll say it this way i i was it was confirmed let's just say that
1: <laughs>
0: it was confirmed 100 percent when my man decided that oh we're gonna go from service to basketball and he uh you know had different shoes for that that absolutely. just blew my mind
1: that. absolutely Um <laughs> I mean, you can pray for them and still swat their business i you just gotta tell them come in the lane <laughs> I ain't no let no kids score them, man. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I will pray them in the altar. We'll fix that later. But
0: <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, here's the reason why I wanted to ask you that question. This is sort of a follow-up question to that. A lot of people, and I wasn't setting you up on purpose here, but a lot of people would take, obviously, the responsibilities and the roles of, you know, you're leading a pastor. You do have kids that are obviously pretty young in age, you're you're married all the while, you're doing all these other things. A lot of people maybe, if they were in a similar situation, they might have jokingly answered that question by saying, well, man, what what the heck is free time? You know what I mean? Like kind of like not to say that, oh, that I'm just completely and totally overwhelmed, but more or less the reason I wanted to ask you that because I knew that you would have a pretty – You know, a genuine and honest answer, and you would have several things on that list of things you'd like to do. How important is it, even as the lead pastor of a church, to have that you can almost say balance of something that you can use as an outlet for yourself? How important is that for your own, I guess you could say, mental health or sanity, your own spirituality? How important is it to have that balance?
1: Yeah, one of my mentors told me in in launching a church, I I have a tendency personally to be a little bit of a workaholic. And so one of my mentors and overseers told me that rest is my greatest resource. And so
0: rest
1: rest is my greatest resource. But that rest doesn't necessarily mean um, sitting on my recliner binging a Netflix show or even... (laughs) Um, rest, really, for me, is whatever I enjoy doing. okay? So for me, rest is golf. Rest is basketball. rest is going to the gym. Uh, rest is spending time with my kids. And so I have to understand while I make, yes, it gets busy. Yes, trust me, I work three jobs, plus pastor church, yes, that's just how it works. It is busy, but I still have to understand, and my wife keeps me to this. My wife and one of my overseers, that rest is my greatest resource. And so um, if not, none of my other resources really matter. And so I have to, that's good. I have to be very, very um, intentional about making sure that I rest intentionally.
0: My, you know, and Pastor Brandon has said this before, that sometimes in life, you've got to learn to say no to good things so that you can say yes to better things. Yep. And that's that's been difficult for me because I'm one to to want to be involved with several things. You know what I mean? Like if there is any area where I can be involved, I guess I just have this mentality that that's my green light. And that means that I should. And that goes from all acts of, uh, whether it's ministry or if we're talking about my job at the, at the shop where I'm at, there will be, you know, 13 things to do and 13 people to do them and there's usually 8 or 9 that aren't doing anything because I'll try and step in and and do that. Now, if you ask my wife if that applies to stuff around the house, she would say absolutely not, but <laughs> that's not what we're talking about on this episode.
1: I'm not but uh about this is here, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. This isn't a marriage counseling uh seminar, which I guess it it, it could be, but uh, <laughs> regardless, I I just love that. I think that there's always been a really um Uh, a really positive example from you as being someone who can definitely communicate well. We already talked about that, have good perspective, have positivity, but then also be an example of what it means to have your priorities straight because that's really what it comes down to, right? That's what it comes down to, having your priorities straight. Was there ever a season for you that your priorities didn't really seem that they were so straight and did any area of your life suffer because of it?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, that day that we brought my first son home, Ethan, uh, we yeah. brought Ethan home. At that point, it kind of changed the game for me because uh, I was not ready. Um, I tried to be, uh, I was youth pastor at the time, and I tried to be super dad at the—you know uh, when Ethan came home. So right. I was doing work things, and then I tried to bring Ethan to work with me. And so I did not have my priorities lined up. And so I, I did have to have a pretty major adjustment there. Uh, but it was healthy for me. It was healthy for me to step to the next stage of who I am as a leader and and to be the dad that God has called me to. And so um, and that, you know, it's part of the process for all of us.
0: 100%. I completely agree. Let me ask you this. And and this would be, you know, I think this would be conducive for anybody that might be listening to this, whatever stage that they're in, in that process. Maybe they're, you know, five times my age. Maybe they're super young. Maybe they've been to church their whole life. Maybe they've never stepped foot into a church. I, I don't know. Um, as a pastor, as someone who's been through the process enough to have experiences, knowing what you know now, um, especially having pastored a church, been youth pastor, doing ministry with, you know, since. For about what you would say since you were eighteen, so that's what like sixty years, probably, right? <laughs>
1: Sixteen, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's what I—that's what I meant to say. That's what I—that's what I actually meant to say. Um, what would you say if you could give advice in the area of purpose? I guess the question would be, what advice would you give to a person who is searching for their purpose in their life? Maybe they've. I don't know. Maybe they have like I said been involved with church, maybe they aren't involved with it. Maybe they want to hear what you have to say, but yet they don't agree that God and Jesus is for them or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're maybe they're in some type of completely opposite to the churchianity world that that a lot of people might be in. If they're still just searching or seeking for purpose, what advice would you give to that person? Um, who is in the middle of searching right now?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. Uh, once again, got a lot of layers to it. Uh, let me set it up like this. I love illustrations that have to do with food. And it might just be because I haven't been sitting, I haven't sat down in a restaurant in two months. i <laughs> really missing out on some torchy tacos right now. But uh, that, that might be the case. But either way, just bear with me because I really enjoy uh, illustrations about food. Uh-huh. I look at vision uh, the way that I look at bread. And it really doesn't matter uh, if you are a believer in Jesus or if you don't believe in anything as far as uh, you know, a higher power or God or anything. Um, I really look at vision uh, at looking at the, you know, the breadcrumbs that are in front of you. If you're a Christian, the way I like to look at it is that God will never put your purpose in a full loaf in front of you and say, here it all is. From this end to this end, go eat the whole thing. God's never going to do that. What God typically does is he drops a breadcrumb here and then a breadcrumb here. And you follow those breadcrumbs. And as you put it together, you end up eating the loaf. But it just looks a little bit different than you thought it was. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus, it still could be whatever your life has in front of you. You've got to read the breadcrumbs of where you're at. What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing in your life? If you don't enjoy animals, being a veterinarian is probably not a great vision for you. Um, (laughs) If you don't enjoy children, being a teacher is probably not the greatest vision for you, right? No matter um, what that means, right? So you have to read the breadcrumbs that are in front of you and let that lead you to something deeper down the walk here, okay? So um, as you pick up more breadcrumbs, the picture will come into clearer view, right? It's kind of like um, when you're far away from something, and then the closer you get, it gets a little bit more clear, a little bit more clear. Uh, especially those of us that wear glasses, you know the feeling of the eye doctor that he says <laughs> one or two, one or five or six, and it goes back and forth, and and you almost have to do that with your with your vision. You pick up a breadcrumb, and you you have to follow to the next breadcrumb and follow to the next breadcrumb, and you make a decision. Every time and so that's the way I look at it. Um, I really look at that God really um, personally he puts passions inside of me so I try to follow those passions and be authentic about those passions and God will always lead me to my next step and really Christianity is all about your first step and your next step that's the whole thing so uh, that's where I'm at about about vision and personal purpose
0: that's fantastic if, if you if you were to Maybe speak directly to the the believer, right? Whenever you're looking at purpose in ministry, obviously this being a big part of your experiences, the involvement of ministry. Uh, how would you encourage someone that that is um, seeking after maybe their purpose when it comes to ministry for themselves? Not because, oh, they're looking for a microphone or they're looking for a title, not like that. But how would you encourage, maybe, a, you know, you're very familiar, obviously, working with young people in, in student ministry. How would you encourage someone in that mindset? Maybe they're uh, new to church, new to Christ, but they are seeking after a godly purpose. How would you encourage them when they're seeking after the way that God can use them in ministry? What, w- what would you tell a teenager if he was asking you, you know, how, how do I find God's will for my life?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's actually a good time that we're talking about this because I'm actually preaching this tomorrow for our Mother's Day message. But That's awesome. In one of the Ten Commandments, honoring your father and mother, the why there was that so you would be blessed in the land that the Lord provided, right? And so God always attaches blessing to honor, okay? Always, always attaches blessing to honor. And so for me personally, when I was trying to figure out what God wanted out of me, I've connected myself to the people that I looked up to the most that I knew that I could put my spiritual life in their hands. Okay. Um, that you really, nobody is ever truly going to have to answer this question. But if I, you know, if I literally put my eternal life, um, in the hands of somebody and said, I trust them with this. If I followed anything that they said, would, would my life turn out? Okay. And uh, I honored them with that, okay? Now, what happened was because I honored them and I submitted to them and I, I sat down before them and said, this is the desire of my heart. Lead me, help me, right? Our world hates that. Our world hates um, being led right now, okay? It hates the, the, even the appearance of, hey, I'm submitting myself to somebody else. They just hate that, right? And so right, for me, yeah. I wanted to be counterculture. So for me, my pastor, Nathan Keating, Um, he knows more about me than anybody except for my wife and my best friend. And so I sat before him and said, this is the desires of my heart. This is where I feel like God is leading me to, um, lead me. And so I let him lead me and, uh, we would not have launched Vibrant Church. In fact, I put it before him, my wife and I put it before him. We drove eight and a half hours so we could put a plan out in front of him, not a phone call, but we took him to dinner, put a plan out in front of him. And I said, I want you to take a week and pray about this. And you tell me um, what your thoughts are. And if you tell me, no, this is not a good time or this is not a good plan, I'm not going. And um, he called me back and said, I'm for it. I believe in you. And uh, in fact, Parkway Life Church, it's its public knowledge, but Parkway Life Church invested $30,000 in our church plant as well. And so um, not only what happened, blessing was attached to honor, right? Okay, right. was attached to honor. So they helped us launch this church strong Um, because we honor them. So I would tell the individual that is wanting to know, wanting to grow in their purpose and uh, learn and and, and do this, number one, don't just go through your current season, grow through it, okay? That's your first step, Uh, but then also, you need to right now connect to somebody that you can put your spiritual life in their hands, allow them to be your shepherd, allow them to be your pastor, and you need to submit to them and honor them, and then God will give you the land of blessing God will give you that purpose for that next step for you to step into.
0: That's so so very important. I mean, yeah, like I've I've had situations and and man, you can attest to this where there've been times where I'll shoot you a text, say, "Hey, I need to I need to call you tomorrow or I'll call you randomly with no warning even," right? And and it's about something that might just be a little bit serious, maybe not serious much, or it might be about the fact that the Chiefs uh, won the Super Bowl,
1: but uh, it, it, <laughs> it was a fluke. <laughs> but
0: next year, when they win it again, uh, you can at least blame the uh, LSU running back, so that's okay. It'll work. But It'll this, be fine.
1: That the Cowboys start ten straight Super Bowls. This is the one. <laughs> 20, thirty. It's all us, bro. I'm sorry. It's just that's awesome. <laughs> well,
0: so I know, like for myself, you know, whenever I've called. Uh, called on you in that same type of way, I can tell you personally, and this statement has actually little to do with the fact that the person I would have called would have either been my dad, my pastor, or Pastor Michael, but it's not just because he's on the interview, but anytime that I've made that phone call, whenever I know that I've, I've, I'm have needing to reach out to someone, uh, someone that's speaking in my life, someone to either bounce an idea off of or be encouraged by or whatever, that feeling you get whenever you walk away from that conversation it's like you're taking that other person with you to the continuation of either that specific situation or 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 whatever you get it it's it's one of those feelings for sure where you have that community involvement with other people that you know are there for you and they want the betterment of your soul and of your life and and everything like that it's a it's a huge huge thing it's very very important um tell tell us this much and i think that you know <laughs> with with vibrant and everything like that i i i remember you were here at our uh, GSM yearly seek event seek rally seek weekend we call it the seek end by now this is going to be our 7th one this september can you believe it it's going to be insane love it um you were here to speak at one of our seek weekends few years back, obviously before Vibrant had started, and you told Ashland and myself that you were wanting to plant a church, you were wanting to get things going. And because I personally wanted to know sort of your mindset whenever this was all kind of happening, whenever day one started for the launch day, because obviously y'all had spent a lot of hours and a lot of time with the prep work and the, and sort of the launch parties and stuff that y'all did. So I I get why it wouldn't maybe feel like day one, but for the launch day in September last year, was your mindset more so in the place of here we are, we made it or was it more so like, all right, let's shake this off. Work has begun. Like it's finally, you know, the process is really, taking off now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, to be honest with you, going into launch day, um, it was all about building our team, uh, and then going public with our launch. Okay. So just inviting as many people as possible that are looking for a life giving church. And so you know, and on launch day, you have so many things that hit you, right? And so for us personally, the biggest thing that hit us was our bathrooms. <laughs> they went down. <laughs> uh, we had no bathrooms that day. And and actually, yep. this four-year that I'm in, I'm in right now started to get flooded with water, right? I mean, it was like the toilets overflowed. It was terrible because um, they had just finished the build-out. And so for me, when we got in the other side of launch day, it was like uh, we survived launch. Praise God. Like <laughs> we survived it. And people enjoyed it, and they had a good time, and we actually didn't get any bad Google review Google reviews, and and uh, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't you know I didn't say anything dumb from the pulpit, like you know, uh, it, it was a start, you know, for us, it was definitely Celebrate Monday. Um, that's always our film day uh, where we celebrate and we kind of look back. But then Tuesday we got to work, and um, definitely very much we're a forward-thinking church. We try to be, uh, try not to be uh, reactionary. We try to be, uh, try to be very active and proactive in things. And so, uh, for us, you know, we're constantly looking ahead. And so right now we're thinking about what's going to happen for our one-year anniversary coming up. Are we going to be able to, you know, what two services at that point, or we're going to have three? You know, we don't know. What is uh, that's what we're trying to look at now. That way, we're not reacting to the current uh, trends. And so um, that being said, I would just say my mentality on the day of launch was, praise God, we survived. <laughs> that's great. Uh, but we got through Monday, and then since Tuesday, uh, we, we've been go, let's go get them. And uh, thankfully, our team, I'll tell you what, I don't know if they're listening right now, but Vibrant Church, I'd I'd go to a war with our team. I'd just... Um, yeah, they are the best at every position, up, down, all around. I wish that we could just hire them all full-time. I feel like if I could yeah. hire this team full-time, I could just win the entire city of the Woodlands. And so, no doubt, <laughs> I love you guys, and, and uh, they make me look really good, and uh, that's that's a tough job. So,
0: <laughs> I, I uh, had a, a face mask on the other day at work, and a customer walked in and said, Jared, you've, you look better now than ever before. I was like, wow
1: cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I, (laughs) I agree. Your, your team at Vibrant is phenomenal. It's one of the best teams. I, I think that there's a lot to be said for, you know, sharing those personal, I guess, perspectives and whatnot for you and your life and your story and for where your life has brought you to now. Um, and people that are listening in again, from any type of background that might be listening, there are huge things, even what he's talking about for, you know, the the concept of a launch day for a new church. There's different things within the heartbeat behind that passion to want to go and do something like that, that I know we can all, and myself included, especially myself, uh, can, can grow from. And to kind of hit you with the last question, I guess, the last technical question here— um, hopefully this one isn't as loaded as some of the other ones have been, but I like food references too. And a baked potato is better when it's loaded. So it's, it is what it is. is. Um, the, The program is called soul binge, you know, and if anyone is listening to this and it's the first time they've listened in on the, on the show, essentially the idea there is that since we are all on a journey, we want to binge the process of what it means to constantly be looking inward, finding the things that the soul needs to make it, finding what we need on a mental health basis to to continue forward with our lives to find what we need with um, reference to spirituality and with God and what you know our, our overall purpose of life really looks like and whatnot and because we are talking ultimately about the inner person the person that we are always becoming right and and really what that is is the soul could you give in your opinion um, pastor michael what would be something that you could say is i guess what the soul needs if you could point at something that the soul needs in order to make it yes more specifically here on earth you know obviously when you make it to heaven then you've made it in past tense but as far as continuing on uh going and like you said earlier growing through that process What is something specific you can point out, even if it's one, maybe two things you can point at that the soul needs?
1: Yeah. So I I think for that, you have to break down, um, the ultimate purpose of our, of our soul really. And so, um, for us personally, God created us. Why, why did God created us? Uh, He created us. It was for community and, uh, for us to be in communion together. Okay. So in that, for us to enter the gates of communion with God, how do we do that? It begins with thanksgiving. It begins with worship. Worship, right. and it might just be because I'm a worship leader and that's my background and that's it's in my blood. Uh, it's probably one of the main themes that I preach about on a consistent basis. Um, worship is the key to living a victorious life. And so if you have a posture of worship, I don't think there's anything that can really take you down. In fact, uh, I have something that I preach very often that uh, your posture precedes power. So posture precedes power. So if you enter things with a posture of negativity, with a posture of pride, with a posture of any of these things, I believe that you're going to fail. But if you enter with a posture of worship, that you offer God thanksgiving for what he's already done, and you walk in faith declaring what he's already given you, okay— I believe you're going to have the power that uh, that he's already really promised to you in his word. Right. So for me, uh, everybody's soul needs worship. We need to worship God clearly. Um, I I never feel more on top of the world than when I have a moment, a worship moment with God. And when I don't have those worship moments, I can feel the difference. I can feel it in every part of my life. I feel it in my marriage. My wife knows that I didn't have my worship moment. And she'll tell me no hesitation. Hey, <laughs> you need to go. You need to go. And and she's right. And to be honest with you, right? Yeah. And worship changes everything. It changes our marriages. It changes how we um, walk into our jobs. You know, yes, it's unfortunate that we're going to have to go in wearing masks and do all of these things. I mean, I saw I went to Target today and there was a line of about 50 people before I could get in. And it's like, Hundred degrees outside, you know. I'm like, come on, man! <laughs> like, this is this is ignorant. But I, I go into it with the mindset of I'm going to smile and I'm going to brighten somebody's day today, right? Right. Um, if you go into it with the negativity, you're going to get that out of it. So I would say your soul needs worship, um, and, and then the other thing I would just say worship and purpose. Okay. So for us. Uh, our our vision statement is that we're real people with a real passion to live vibrant life in Jesus, okay? So vibrant life in Jesus is a life that's full of uh, passion and purpose, okay, that it has purpose. So how do we get there? What's the math equation? I like to break it down in math equation here. What is that equation? Um, it starts with authenticity. We're real people, okay? If you're going through stuff, don't go through it alone. You need to connect with somebody and allow somebody to encourage you. Uh, Just this week, there was news of an incredible, incredible pastor that impacted thousands, if not millions of people through church. And he he took his own life and he did it because he didn't have anybody to go to, didn't have anybody to go to. I just tell you, you need you need to be real, authentic and you need to be around real and authentic people. And I would just tell you, if you're a believer, if you're not a believer, If the group and the circle of people that you are around are fake, get rid of them, right? Fake is over. You need to get rid of them. Like literally cut those off and find real authentic people. Why? We're real people with a real passion. Authenticity will always lead you to to people that celebrate what you're passionate about. Okay? So good. All right. So if you're around people that are real, they're going to celebrate what you're passionate about because real people celebrate each other, all right? People that are fake only celebrate themselves. Okay, so if you do that and then you you tie Jesus involved in all of this, you're going to find purpose and find that vibrant life in Jesus. And so you've pretty much uh, this is that this is the message that I preached for six months at Vibrant, right here. Uh, so uh, just trying to get everybody on the same. Uh, the same level here, right? Because we want to be real people, want to have a real passion that unlocks vibrant life in Jesus. And so um, God has put passions inside of all of us. It's up to us to follow the breadcrumbs and get around people that will help us unlock that next step. And then we get to vibrant life in Jesus. So hopefully that answers your question. For me, I believe every soul needs worship and every soul needs purpose.
0: I think you could break down every single word you said, put it in a jar and just, you know, open it up every couple days and just smell it. And you could honestly get something new out of that just because of how real what you're saying truly is. Uh, Man, I really, really more than just appreciate this. This is super, super great to have you on the program. Very, very special for me having you as both a friend and a a leader and a mentor and all that uh, to come on to the show and talk to everyone that might be listening and for, you know, I mean, I can say it this way for myself to be able to hear insight from your perspective on all these different things. Um, it's been a huge, huge honor of mine to have you on and I uh, really appreciate the fact that you took some time to do this today.
1: Absolutely. I'm honored to be here and, uh, that thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. We believe you and believe in you and Ashland and uh, excited about what the future has for you guys.
0: Excellent. Well, y'all, It's been Jared and Michael today, as it normally goes whenever we have these conversations. It was super great, like I said, to have them on the program. You can go and follow Vibrant on social media. How can they find Vibrant Church on social media, Pastor Michael?
1: Yeah, just search Vibrant Church on Facebook, and you'll see that big orange logo back there, or on Instagram, (laughs) you can search Vibrant HTX, like Houston, Texas, so HTX. Uh, hit us up, and our team would love to connect with you. North Houston area, if you're looking for a home church, come on. Come try us out. Let's go.
0: I can guarantee you won't find it any better than you will at Vibrant Church. If, Like you said, if you're in Houston area, that's where you want to be this Sunday or whenever they have Sundays
1: back. Very soon. Very soon.
0: <laughs> love you, Pastor Michael. Uh, love you guys listening in on the program. We'll see you back for the next one next week. Later on.